are currently registered in Chalkmart, a podcast that shares what they never told you about teaching in Teachers College. I'm Mr. M, and I'll be your host on Chalkmart. Please take out your 30 centimeter rulers so we can begin. The last time parents were in school was their last experience in elementary school. A part of what you have to keep in mind is that you are partly educating parents to be the parent of a child in elementary school. Parents shouldn't think that their sole responsibility is to have their child be the top of the class. It means that they need to be supportive while still allowing their child to struggle and try so that they become more resilient as they grow older. At the beginning of each school year, we have what I like to call meet the creature or otherwise known as meet the teacher. It's when all of the parents of the students in my class come in and they have a seat in front of me and I have to introduce myself and somehow explain what I'm going to do for that entire school year. For fourth grade, I like to give the analogy of teaching their child how to ride a bike. Grade four is that time when you are teaching your child how to ride a bike and you have to take off the training wheels and you are on the sidewalk and you're holding onto the back of the bike and you are running alongside, holding onto that seat, giving all of the instructions to look forward, to keep the balance, to steer, to remember how to brake, to pedal, don't look down. And just when you think the kid has all of the skills that they're doing, you let go. It's at that moment that you are a parent in grade four. You are still yelling instructions from behind or maybe jogging behind and knowing that they can bike, but you are still trying to instruct. Now, if your child just starts biking, that's great. It still means that as a parent, You still have the job of explaining road safety and how to uh, cycle in other areas, be it on the road, maybe longer distances, whatever it is. Perhaps your child isn't one of those riders and they suddenly wobble and forgets to steer and they end up riding straight into a bush and then falling off. They're in tears. They're a mess. What do you do? You have to pick them up, dust them off, and tell them to get back on the bike because you're going to try it again. That is also a grade four parent. You are never going to be riding that bike for them, but you know that they have to do it because it is a part of a larger life skill. In grade four, there are going to be massive stumbles. But as a parent, you have to be able to tell your child what to do and to get back on it and keep on kicking. At this point in my class, I usually have silence. And there is one parent who usually takes a big gulp. And that nervous feeling can only really be calmed down by knowing that your child trusts you. And even though 
your child thinks you're crazy for telling them to get back on that bike again, they might do it because they realize that you might know better. Teaching your parents to build a strong relationship with their child so that the child trusts them in scenarios like this is key. They will understand that no matter what grade they're in, you will be there helping them out, cheering them on, and encouraging them in the best way you know how. I often get comments about parents feeling nervous at parent-teacher interviews, and they feel like they're being reported on. What I try and do is educate many parents that, you know, as a parent, we're talking about their child and not them. We're trying to make the parents not feel like they have returned to school. Parents need to be supportive of the child to make them feel confident and loved. At the same time, they need to be able to give them the hard line, set boundaries, and allow them to struggle. Same way as telling that kid to get back on that bike again after taking a fall. Having a loving and trusting relationship is ultimately what the kids need from their parents. And as a teacher, you are being supportive of that kid and helping them along. Students want to know that you are there for them and also hear the words that they need to hear when they need to hear it. They want the same thing from their parents. They expect, you know, more from their parents in that area. It doesn't really matter how the kids do academically. It's not that I don't care how the kids do, but really, when was the last time that anyone asked you for grade four letter grades at a job interview? But when you think about when interviewers ask you, how do you work with other people? How do you take initiative? How do you go about solving problems? These are all the sort of things that, as a teacher, you are trying to instill in students. The principle of teaching that states, students learn in different ways and different rates, has never been more clear to me. Being a teacher at the same place for a long time has allowed me to see where many students end up. And the lessons that most of the students learn never appeared on a short-term plan. When I look back on students from where they are in life, in adults to when they were kids, I've started to see that all of the kids in the class come into the own, their own at some point when they have discovered something that they are passionate about. I've seen students who struggle eventually you know, like if they struggled in math, they have become engineers. I've seen students who did poorly in elementary school but had a great work ethic and ended up uh, applying to medical school or continuing on with their PhDs. I've seen some students who were so rebellious against education, eventually, they became teachers themselves. I had one student 
who we will name Lainey, whose parents felt she struggled in school. She had a positive attitude, strong work ethic. She participated in everything and worked with, really well with everyone around her. Academically, she was still above average. But each week, her mother would come in after school with her two-inch thick folder that had the paper clips and the multiple colored pieces of paper taped to the various things, saying and outlining these are the kinds the kind of adaptations that should be made for her in order for her to uh, be the best or to show what she really knows. Now, she watched her daughter struggle with school and she would do her best in, in supporting this, this kid. And she continued to do this for the entire year. Now, I'm sure that Lainey could have got better grades had all of the modifications taken place, but even the curriculum, all of the things that we had to cover, all of the things that we had to do, I don't think Lainey could still demonstrate exactly what she was capable of, in part because she was still young at the time and she was just really interested in taking part and, and just being there in the moment at school. Her mother was wanting to create this field of academic accomplishment. But oddly, I don't think that the support that the mother was providing, although she was driving it to be academic, the payoff later on, as I found out, it wasn't academic. The fact that the mother was in there every single week uh, with her folder and advocating for her kid gave Lainey this sense of confidence and support that drove her to go further and further in her academic career. When technology finally caught up to all of Lainey's needs uh, and in conjunction with the support network that she had, she had from her parents and the, what her mother was trying to do for her, Lainey eventually went on to do her PhD. She got, uh, she was doing it in counseling and she contacted me about 15 years ago and she was asking me to read over a part of her doctorate placement application form. She described a lesson that I shared with her that once again was never in class it was in a conversation uh, when she was older and she was helping me run a little outdoor education for uh, my class. I believe that's when it happened. But the excerpt that she wrote was something that went like this. 
One notable relationship in my personal and professional development was that with my seventh grade teacher, Mr. M. Mr. M taught the value of creating and maintaining authentic, respectful, and educated relationships. I distinctly remember when Mr. M told me if I can only teach you one thing, it would be the potential to positively impact those around you and those connected to those around you. He went on to describe that by having relationships filled with respect, learning, and understanding, whether it be student-teacher, parent-child, friend, or stranger, your actions exponentially impact those around you. Since seventh grade, I've been actively establishing such relationships. Now, she was in seventh grade, but all of the concepts of resilience, confidence, trust, and love still still apply. She went on in her application form to outline what her role her parents had and the actions that they took were really a visible way for Lainey to see that her parents loved her supported her and felt confident in her ability and were advocating. But in that action, Lainey felt like she could go out there and just do what she wanted to do. And when she found what she wanted to do, she pursued it wholeheartedly. Lainey was a great student. And now she is probably an even better parent. However, I also know that when Lainey's kids get to school, she will still be someone who will say things like, that's not how I did it when I went to school. And we never had these things. And when did school become so difficult so early? As great as Lainey is, one of you lucky people are going to gently have to remind her that she needs to focus on being supportive and loving to build the confidence in her own child, much like her parents did with her. And that's the end of this week's episode. Thank you for joining us on Chalk Marked. I hope you had one takeaway. And if you take away anything, remember to teach using stories from lessons you've learned. Until next time, class dismissed. If you like Chalkmarked, give us a like and subscribe. You can also see more and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Chalkmarked.